advised stage reset and house lights. Thanks team for another great show. I'll see you all backstage. This is Designed to Change, Backstage Conversations. Welcome back, Stephanie. Uh, the curtains are closed. We're backstage, right? Uh, we just had our onstage part. How do you feel right now, Stephanie? Uh, rejuvenated. I, I, it's amazing. I didn't realize how much this conversation was just bubbling inside to have and just the culmination of just my engagement with the Event Design Collective in all levels, but also undergirding it with the experience of just what I brought not only to the table, but so much of what I've learned. And to hear myself at a place where I'm still ready for more conversations. <laughs> exactly, right? It's only just begun. The journey <laughs> is one of a thousand steps. Um, and, and thank you so much again for it was just at, at ease because I was going to um, do the, you know, maybe spin the wheel kind of apropos, but I was just feeling that horizons of change. It was just something about that to just continue the conversation. And I, 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 I agree of just so much value creation in having moments. And as we say, on a concise way of staying in the consistency mannerism of just listening with intent, but sharing also with joy. I um, recently heard something that I never really thought about, you know, when, when you're talking about these conversations, but sometimes the best conversations I'll use also allow just for space to, uh, to just be right to not get too worried about the answer at first or it's Correct. it's it's in uh, and 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 a lot of the technologies we use online don't have a lot of space for maybe silence or for thinking or for um considering you know options because people jump in really quickly right Yes, it's about that momentum. And sometimes yeah. I call it the pause that's necessary to not only just think about like what you're going to say next, but what value are the words I'm choosing to speak yeah. is going to bring to the conversation. Yeah. Do you feel with, because um, you've done a lot of work in this you know, quality space, right? So quality, yes. quality awards, um, and when you say awards, there's always winners and losers, I suppose, right? It's. Uh, I was speaking to Janet, our good colleague from Malaysia, yes. in our EDC mastermind, and she had a very nice expression where she said, "I, I try to find a way so we can hold the medals together, right? So, and then my role is to figure out where on the path we hold the medal together." Right? Because the path just keeps going. It's never ending. Change doesn't yes. stop. Right? It's not like you can complete Correct. change. It just keeps going. <laughs> it's an infinite yes. change. But still, you need a sense of achievement at some point in time. And I, I really like that metaphor. And then adding to that, you know, what you said, that the patterns and building the muscle. 
Yes. Because it takes muscle to hold up those two gold medals together, right? It takes yes. a set of and, muscles. <laughs> yes. And, and, and at times, sometimes um, part of that becomes also, you want to ensure that you're also creating the value along the way, the, along the pathway, that you've created the pathing so others can follow. Mm-hmm. Because in that others can follow, sometimes it can become daunting, like you're saying, in building that muscle to hold the metals together, but also ensuring that because as you grow, you should be looking forward to who can, the succession planning for me has always been a component and always something that I just love to ensure happens. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I think we kind of fall away from that because the next opportunity comes for others. And sometimes foundationally, organizations are not always prepared for that key core role to actually be emptied. Yep. And then what happens is now we're, as you say, accelerating the cause to fill the role, not really realizing why do we need the role? How can we shift the role? How can we realign it? How is it a different type of role? You know, what individual are we missing? What nuggets have we can bring in that we don't have? How can we build our strength bench? My, I do have a component going back to Shannon. I for me, it's always your leader is always on your bench. Mm -hmm. You just haven't always looked back at the bench enough to see the potential in the others that are on the bench. Yeah. Most yeah. times we have our leaders for that succession, that next succession right there, yeah. right in the target heart of where soulfully they are. They're just maybe not as confident mm -hmm. to raise their hand. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they're at a place where, well, you know, so-and-so has been there a season amount of time and it's their turn. And I think for now we have entered into an engagement opportunity that it's all of our turns. We just need to turn on, as we would say, the mic or raise our hand as we now know. In the and pop the gain world, a little bit, right? Yeah. And pop the gain a little bit. To share, so, hey, th this is something I'm interested in. So it also begs the question, I've never thought of it like this, but <clears throat> when a leader steps onward, right, without proper succession planning, or maybe with proper succession planning, the void that it leaves, whether it's planned or unplanned, changes the behavior of the people that are left behind instantly, right? As soon as a leader yes. says, Oh, by the way, I'm moving on to this, that, or the other, or you know, they've got them. Um, you know, they're moving on to another organization, or even in leadership committees for yes. volunteer leadership roles. Right, the same thing yes. happens. I mean, they're temporary things. You, sometimes you know they're temporary, or sometimes people have other priorities to look after. Uh, but the fact that somebody steps out of a role immediately changes the behavior. But you cannot always determine um, how people react to that. And I think that's part of the leadership equation, I think, right? So your responsibility of not just stepping into the equation, but also what happens when you step out of the equation Correct. is a very critical thing. 
Yes, and very critical. And I would have to say that I've been at my engagement in the organizations that I've worked with, as well as my volunteer uh, leadership engagement has always been the growth nature of not only leading forward, meaning in your own professional development, but grooming others forward. Mm. And sometimes it's looking at their potential and letting them know that you can engage and then finding out, you know, having that intentional conversation, where are you thinking you wanted to grow or go? Because sometimes the grow is an in, is within the organization and or the volunteer leadership role. Like one thing I always treasure in the component of leadership, there's different pathing to get to a certain space. Yeah. And sometimes I think we've reached that now in gaining that. But leaders, as you're sharing, leadership is an engaged opportunity to because it does change the component of others who have the whether the role has, as you said, been spot on planned for 60 days. We've been knowing this is happening, yet we were just on this trajectory of just go, 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 get it done versus, hey, can we create a prodigy or shadowing opportunity for another imposed leader? Because most times individuals in the teams, they know who, especially in that internal piece, they know who they may want as their next leader. If that succession is done at an equivocal way where it's a trusted environment, the pattern is seen, most times natural leaders will gravitate in that shadowing when the leader is unavailable or on site when we're still talking about our event experiences, hmm. the authority is shifted to a team member. Yeah. So those things do occur, but I'm just a proponent, proponent of accelerating that succession. So it helps people see how the transition happens. Because yeah. sometimes the transition has happened by an announcement and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, <clears throat> it's actually a huge responsibility uh, of the leadership, but also the informal leadership to not make it a surprise, I think, right? So um, as you're saying that, it's, and it's usually in a time of crisis, when something happens that people don't know how to react to, then they look at the leader, you know, to figure out what the next thing is they're going to, you know, suggest or do, or, you know, even if the leader is not there, like you're saying, let's pretend that you're on site and your event owner or leader is not there. And something happens that's unpredicted or unpredictable or you didn't think about it before it's the person that then gets looked at to take the decision that is the informal leader or the the leader of the pack without maybe having the title or the um or the official kind of um front man role right so or front right. woman role and i think this that's very interesting yeah and, and I, it, it, this conversation just brought back up an experience when we just used the word on site to mm. where one of the organizations I worked for, we had a downsizing announcement that happened at a major time where a lot of teams and across the organization was on site. And the components of how leadership well handled this to the point as our leader, the leadership, we had huddles on site. Mm -hmm. We 
there were, you know how it goes. There were a little rumors about there was going to be some shifting and change. But it happened to be a core level of departments and individuals, including our own leaders on site. The huddles became where we took us in, shared an organizational announcement, shared there was a downsizing, shared what impactors were. That means what departments were. It was very detailed and respectful. Hmm. But one of the things our team walked away with, which in hindsight, we were so grateful of the outstanding leader we had because we had taken on so much more work in the last like six, nine months. Hmm. We did not have a downsize in our positioning because there was a choice back then not to replace that role. Hmm. But it helped level up our skill set to where we were doing programming elements to where it saved all of our roles. And so when we talk about having examples of that kind of leadership, I call it leader influence. um, That's where the components of creating that strategy of succession leads to us all experiencing or creating the experiences others want. And I think what you've then exemplified is what you said in the onstage part is because you've created such a safe space for leaders to feel that support, right? You're providing something that creates a safe space. If they downsize that part of the organization, they might create an unsafe space, not just for the people they downsize or or the teams they downsize, but also for themselves, right? So... If you are pivotal in the organization, if what you do um, is the foundational collective good of how the organization functions, right? You cannot slice away that part of the muscle and then expect it not to hurt, right? So, and I think that's that's a very, you know, it might be a very technical kind of look at, you know, how what you do in the in the organization or in the culture of organization creates, um, you know, to use your words, the social currency. If they take that away, it's not going to optimize the experience. It's going to be a pretty dreadful experience, not just for the ones that are leaving the organization, but also for all those impacted, because the work that was once done then will not get done. Right? Correct. And that's a very real. That's very real to the point of, as you're sharing, is learned leadership hmm. is exemplified by experienced and what is lived. And so that's part of that conversation. It's beyond the conversation now, but for me now, because now I'm sharing an example of how that sacred space was in those on-site huddles. And so it became now a whole different mindset, even for us to, you know, go ahead through our day doing what we were supposed to do, but it now created oh, wow, you know, we're, we're grateful. I mean, that was the thing that was being, we're yeah. grateful and seeing the kind of leadership that was, you know, done and exemplified. So part of yeah. that is um, the beginnings of, especially I see in our industry now, and especially how things have changed in our industry during the times we're in, secession is definitely inevitable and should be a part of role onboarding role promotion and role succession, whether it's external of the organization or internal. So I definitely lead with a level of influence in creating those sacred spaces and sacred conversations. Yeah. 
there's a lot of learnings in in um, in sharing those experiences, um, Stephanie, because I think regardless of how you look at design to change or looking at your you know your ability to elevate and look and act beyond the now. Um, by looking at multiple scenarios or thinking of multiple prototypes, if this, then that, right? It's computers can be programmed to do very expected behaviors, or at least usually they can, right? <laughs> if you know the language, how to program it. And if you know kind of the operating system and you understand, you know, it's basic mechanics. But with humans, that's very different, right? The, we, we don't all have a common programming language. You cannot program humans to behave in certain ways. You can create a, a kind of a, a space, an environment, a petri dish, a, a context in which, you know, people feel that collective good, as you like to, descri to describe it. Um, but the actual impact and influence of how you do um, or how you influence the culture in an organization through events or looking back at the events, right? So, um, um I had to think of a moment when you were talking about that example of you know the organization being downsized and downsizing is usually never a thing to to smile at or unless there's something you've learned from it right and sometimes the biggest learnings come from those moments in hindsight only right sometimes transformation is painful in the moment but only in hindsight do you see its value right yes. um but i remember a very very tangible situation um which just popped in my head. I don't know why, but it was a, it, imagine this. So I, I was a, an early in my career, director of marketing and sales at a beautiful five-star hotel on the coast in the Netherlands. And we had this huge concert by the sea, right on the ocean side, right? Uh, wow. Or the North Sea, which is not as warm as many of the oceans <laughs> that you might be thinking about. <clears throat> and there was this transparent uh, stage with a big philharmonic orchestra, 45-piece orchestra. It's probably about you know, 25,000 people on the boulevard in front of the hotel. Wow. And uh, there were guests of the hotel on the terrace of the hotel overlooking this. And you would see the sunset in the backdrop. It was beautifully set. And um, as they were rehearsing, the wind kind of started picking up. And um, one of the stagehands saw that the transparent background of the stage had a very small little tear in the back of it, which seemed insignificant at the time. But if you know a little bit about aerodynamics and stage building, you know, if the wind catches yes, kind of the full it, canopy, right. yes. it will become a parachute, right? So, um, and I remember sitting, you know, hearing this conversation and immediately we walked to our general manager um, who was sitting next to the chief of police and the chief and, and, and the fire chief who were and, and the mayor of the city who were all the guests of the hotel. <laughs> and that's when the crisis in people brings out the leadership as well, right? In such yes. a degree where it was almost like a finely oiled machines. This would never rehearse, but it just kind of <laughs> happened in the moment where um, the lead singer that was about to perform Yes. Magically agreed with the MC and the the orchestra that the orchestra would be moved to the main hall inside. You know, I don't know how they did it, but it happened in a flash. <laughs> in the meantime, the MC, who was a stand-up comedian, uh, very renowned, started singing out loud, almost like the Titanic, where you know, <laughs> let the music play on, so everybody just you know stays in the moment. 
um, and kind of the whole thing was changed and shifted and completely, you know, revamped into a new prototype. And the concert, you know, happened inside. <laughs> and funny anecdote was that all of that seemed to go really well. Even the chef knew that, you know, you bring out the food and, and, and drinks and keep people busy, right? That's the whole thing. Yes. Keep, keep them busy. Don't, if they do nothing, it might go sour very quickly. <laughs> so all the guests were inside, four or 500 guests. And I was walking to the front door of the hotel, which is on the other side of the street. And all of a sudden, I could see a crowd of like thousands of people trying to enter the hotel lobby because they wanted to be part of the concert because oh, they were now outside, you know, and seeing that, the, that, the, that yes. the musicians had moved to the main hall inside this, you know, Grand, Grand Epoque Hotel. And I remember just, you know, immediately like closing the front doors because this would have <laughs> caused a disaster. But to me, there were so many learnings in that prototype we never thought about right and i think this is the power that many people in events have is they have such an ingrained experience that muscle has been built over time uh, to recognize the patterns of behavior change in a flash in an instant even when it's happening in the moment right which um, if you haven't experienced those crises before <laughs> and you're the event owner, you want a couple of these people around, right? It's, it's good to have some of these people <laughs> as your trusted advisors, right? Because the impact and influence of an event gone well versus an yes. event gone sour can be equally powerful, right? Yes. And that's the reality, I think, that we sit and when we're talking, like you're saying, backstage and, and on stage when we're sharing about just the different conversations of, you know, creating that safe space, because there are things that that are learned, right, in the backstage conversations, right, that um, just learned, you know, um, on doing someone at the Grammys, I guess, last year before last just in a conversation um last week and somebody fell off stage uh, name i'm gonna leave but they literally fell off stage wow and everyone thought that that was part of the act <gasps> so the producers they, you know they were ready to jump in right you know my and the person just literally, the artist literally bounced back up and didn't miss a beat. It became like part of part the, of the show. And so part of and that and so to hear the producers say, no, that was not part of the show. <laughs> that was not in the script. They, they literally could see them inching towards the edge of the stage, inching, and somebody kept, you know, of course, as we know, it's backstage hands and uh, those are on stage are facilitate trying to facilitate the fall right and, <laughs> and, they literally, the and they literally said you know they jumped right in and started really talking and started right back into their act like it was now but that was actually a fall yeah so and they said so from now on we we kind of recognize that the artists recognize that um, they recognize they, they weren't following a certain color on the floor. And so <laughs> on the floor, so they got caught up in the lasers and things like that. And so, but like you're saying that backstage conversation, who would have known if I hadn't have been and heard that I wouldn't have known that like, Oh, okay. Well, nobody knew. And that's kind of what we do respond to as well. And I think that's, that's what, that's what professionals in any profession, right? So whether it's <clears throat> the performers, whether it's the event professionals, whether it's the, the stagehands, whether it's the event owners, um, this ability to um, 
to literally then you know fall and recover even faster than you fell <laughs> you know not metaphorically in this one but in the real deal um i think it's part of the talent that you have to develop right without getting hurt too much or it's like okay you might bruise the muscle but by bruising the muscle you're going to build it again further right so mm -hmm. it might hurt for a while mm -hmm. uh, but i think this is this is a really nice um a really nice look at you know it it might seem easier for some to reach horizons that you think you'll never reach but if you're not willing to get bruised on the way right then okay maybe it's better that you stick to the horizon that you're currently at right but exactly. i think chasing the next horizon and for the person that stays behind when you get when you get closer to that horizon it looks like you're slowing down but in reality you're just seeing the next horizon and you're you're speeding up towards that one right so it's all relative in terms of speed and um um and i go back to our yeah our um event canvas of that first um you know swatch is the empathy mm. so sometimes we do also have to come to the conversation sometimes empathizing that others may have bruises of experiences yeah. that are not seen Yep. And so sometimes that listening with that intentionality becomes so ever true in a core of the conversation, mm. because at times you have to earn sometimes the trusted environment in order for others to feel safe. Yep. And no one goes around, you know, pulling the bandaid off their bruise, right? <laughs> to, share, you know, <laughs> to say, oh, is my, you know, mine's is larger than yours. It's sometimes how can you come and become the staff that helps elevate them to understand, yes, bruised. And sometimes the bruise isn't physical, bruised ego, you know, bruised reputation, um, yeah. Bruce. So there are elements in that, um, that in business, and especially when we th think about, you know, our thought leadership in our, in our global events level, that we have to recognize that that passion of just consistently staying where it's coachable and teachable. Yeah. That as leaders, and especially on the expansiveness of where we are in just designing for change, change elements will look differently and evolve to a new. Yeah. And I think on that note, um, I mean, these conversations can last forever, uh, Stephanie. <laughs> and um, 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 we will pick up this conversation again next year for our public listeners. But you know, we're going to have the conversations in the meantime in our EDC Mastermind and in all of our conversation labs and all the fun we have in between. Yes. Um, maybe just as a last little trigger, um, let's say now that we had the backstage conversation, which one did you prefer, the onstage or the backstage? The backstage actually allowed for us to wrap around um, not only just the experiential when we're talking about just the events and design for change um, landscape, but it also allowed us to bridge in leadership components and lessons learned that others can always use because we I know that when we go back to that, you know, social currency medium, um, our experiences are one as well. Yeah. And it's just a catalyst or collaborative change. That's what I would say this has allowed us to do. Well, thank you for optimizing our experience today, <laughs> Stephanie. Um, the social currency of conversation is ever accelerating. We're having a lot of these conversations. 
we hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, leave us a little review if you can, or check out the book. Check out the chapter of Horizons of Change and the six questions that Stephanie addressed in uh, the onstage part, because you can answer those as well. And in the liner notes, you can read the answers that Stephanie is going to provide to us. So, Stephanie, thank you so much. And we look forward thank to speaking so again much, very Rode. soon. Thank you so much, Rod. And awesome opportunity. Amazing. <laughs> You've been hanging out backstage on Design to Change Designer Conversations. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe and share conversations online using hashtag design to change and hashtag event canvas. Want more thought provoking content like this? Visit design to change.online to purchase your copy of design to change, elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Don't forget it's more than just a book. Experience a hard copy, audio format, video format, and even augmented reality. Experience it in your style and format. Tune into our next episodes and hear from more designers and change makers. Until then, we look forward to our next conversation. <laughs>